Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. I'm reading from Matthew chapter 1, uh, verses 18 to 23. I don't have it on a slide, so um, you can just listen or if you want to follow along you and you have your Bible. It's Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 23. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Heavenly Father, we just commit this time to you. I thank you for everyone that's here. Father, we ask your blessing over this assembly. And uh, we do uh, pray that you would be lifted up and glorified. And we commit all things into your hands. Father, we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. So this passage ends with the quote, which came from the prophet Isaiah, that the virgin shall uh, conceive and bear a son and uh, that his name would be called Emmanuel. And then it even gives you the translation right there in uh, the Gospel of Matthew. It says, which translated means God with us. So there's no question uh, what um, this is all about, is that uh, God is, is sending his son into the world. Hallelujah. So uh, Jesus is God. So right there in Matthew chapter 1 in the beginning, the first Gospel, Jesus is is God. How many accept that this morning? Jesus is God, right? That's kind of an outrageous statement. Uh, some people would stone you for saying that, just to let you know. <laughs> but uh, so we believe Jesus is God. Uh, and because of Jesus, God is with us. Okay, so this is Christianity 101. Jesus is God. And because of Jesus, God is with us. Hallelujah. Um, but can we explain this to others scientifically? It's impossible to explain, isn't it? But we can know it in our hearts. Uh, we have the assurance of faith. So the Bible is a book that has been under attack more and more. It's getting to the point where we're being told we can't really celebrate Christmas anymore. If you go into a store and say, Merry Christmas to someone, they look at you, they often look at you like you're not supposed to say that anymore. 
So it's our faith in Christ that makes the separation. Some have faith and some don't. There's a separation taking place, and that's what Jesus told us would happen. So God is with us. He is with us by faith. We believe that he is with us because we believe that his word is true. The Bible says that in the fullness of time, God sent his son. So God did send his son. There are other religions that say God did not have a son. Uh, and there are other religions that say God is a, is a force. He's not personal. He's a force in the universe. But we believe that God did have a son and that he sent him at just the right time and that this is what makes all the difference. Emmanuel, God is with us. Uh, John put it a different way. He said, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We know this verse, especially we hear it at this time of year. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus was only here on this earth for a very short time. But he said, I will never leave you alone. Sometimes, even as believers, we may feel like we're alone, but we're not. It is true that here in this life, we don't experience God's full presence. On many things, we have to go by faith. But no matter what happens, he will always be our Emmanuel. The Bible makes it clear that it's God's ultimate desire and intention to live among his people, to physically dwell among them in all his glory. That's the goal. And this hasn't happened yet. Until it does, we receive it by faith. Faith in God's promises. And he also gave to us his Holy Spirit. This is so important. Before Jesus was crucified, he, he told his followers about the comforter. He was talking about how he was going to the Father, and both he and the Father would then send the Holy Spirit. This happened on the day of Pentecost. Jesus told the disciples, I will not leave you as orphans or I will not leave you as if you are orphans. This is the literal translation. He also made it very clear in John 14, 17, that all the people of the world do not receive the Holy Spirit. This is only for believers. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would be with the believers and also in them. Jesus is a special gift to all of humanity. And to receive this gift is also very special and an exceptional thing. 
There are so many who do not get it. But anyone can do it. All it takes is to hear the gospel, believe it, and obey God, and begin the journey with him. That's all it takes. And then God will be with you. Emmanuel. So we give God thanks for the day Jesus was born into this world. If people put their trust in him, then they become new creations, the Bible says. A new life has begun. There is a spiritual transferal that takes place. The Bible declares that when a person receives Christ by faith, they are delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son. There is a transferal, a translation that does take place. This is when the person is spiritually adopted into God's family. They become one of his own. And he will be with them always from that point on. Emmanuel. Does this mean bad things can't happen? Well, sadly, no. But it does mean that you'll have, you'll have divine resources. God understands and has compassion on his children. Remember the footprints in the sand? When we go through our most difficult times, we realize it was then that he carried you. In fact, the Bible promises we will have trials and tribulations. But the difference is that now he is with us. And the good thing is that we have a great future ahead. So I want to take a quick look at ways in which God is with us. Because we don't yet actually see God. Sometimes we can feel the Spirit, but not always. So in what ways is God with us if we don't sense it? Well, let's go to the Bible again, where we see different ways in which God was with his people in the pages of Scripture. There are two main divisions, Old Testament and New Testament. But sometimes people say there are three. Old Testament, New Testament, and the Gospels sandwiched in between, which in some ways provide an interval between the Testaments. This is the 33 years when the Son of God was living on earth. You can then make even further divisions, such as in the Garden of Eden prior to the fall, up until Adam and Eve first sinned. Because God was with them in a way that was different than he was after they sinned. And also then, if you go to the very end of the Bible, the book of Revelation talks about a thousand-year kingdom of Jesus on earth. And so that's going to be different. And then after that, at the very end of the book of Revelation, 
there will be a new city of God where God will actually be the light because God will be living among his people in the new heavens and the new earth. So this is what we have to look forward to. Okay, so that was a lot. <laughs> but the, the point is that the way in which God is with his people can be a bit different from case to case and from time to time or period to period. In our Matthew one twenty three verse, the way in which God is with his people is by Jesus being born into the world and living among human beings and being one of us. Jesus relates to our experience. He knows what it's like because he lived as one of us. He felt pain. He felt hunger. He felt thirst. And he felt a lot of um, other human emotions, such as what it feels like to be rejected and uh, the pain of, uh, of, of torture and other things. So we still mark our calendars by his life in most of the world today. So this was the most important and pivotal time in all of history. The birth of Jesus forever changed everything. God is with us in a way like never before. And then the sending of the Holy Spirit also ushered in a new era, which we call the church age. God is with us now by the presence of his Holy Spirit. And I'm glad about that because I don't want to live without God. And no one can take that away from you. In John 14, 3, Jesus said he'll return one day and he'll receive all of his people unto himself. Let me just say that again. In John 14, 3, because usually we, don't, we th think of the rapture in other parts of the Bible. But here it is in the Gospel of John. Chapter 14, verse 3, Jesus said he'll return one day and he will receive his people unto himself. And then the Bible says, so shall we ever be with the Lord, the kingdom. So he is with us now, but he'll be with us in even greater ways in the future. God loves his people, and he wants us to be with him. But we have to wait. And sometimes that's the hard thing. I want to close by reading from the Old Testament. Because God was with certain ones in the Old Testament, too. One of the differences as we're turning, turning to Psalm 23. Um, this is a generalism, but in the Old Testament, when God was with someone, because it says he was with David, he was with King Hezekiah, he was with Joseph, he was with Abraham. 
There are examples of special occasions uh, and persons that God was with in a special way. He was with Samuel the prophet. It usually meant like some kind of a special anointing or covering or enablement in terms of victory or success or effectiveness. God was with that person. So we still have that same concept today. But the idea that Jesus was telling the disciples in the Gospels, which of course would carry over into the rest of the New Testament with the giving of the Holy Spirit was, notice he used the word comforter, which can be interpreted different ways. It can be interpreted as advocate or counselor and, and a helper. Um, so it's a, it's a word with a lot of variety to it and a lot of potential. Um, but uh, the word that a lot of the English translations use is comforter. So when God is with us in the New Testament, yes, you have that idea of empowerment, enablement, success, victory, effectiveness. That's there. But you also have the idea of comfort. He comforts and he's with us in our afflictions. And so just at the time where you think, Lord, where, where were you? Where did you go? That's <laughs> it's the footprints in the sand. That's when he was with you the most. There's an irony that God is with people in their loneliness, for example. Because isn't that ironic? He's with you in your loneliness. How can, how can he be with you if you're lonely? You see what I'm saying? But that's the whole idea that we're not experiencing the fullness. We, we have to kind of just know it by faith and by that inner witness of the Holy Spirit who does live within us whether we feel it or not. When you receive Christ, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes in. Hallelujah. You don't always feel it, but sometimes you do. Uh, that's the great thing about the Holy Spirit. Jesus said the Holy Spirit is like the wind. You can't always tell when it's coming and going. But so I'm going to read um, from Psalm 23. Of course, this was written by King David, who really knew the Lord. I mean, this guy, right, uh, the Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart. Um, how many here love the Psalms? And we'll just close with this, and then I'll highlight a couple things, and then we'll be done. Psalm 23. The Lord... The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want... He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. For his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. 
Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Powerful, amen? But did you catch it there in verse 4, right there in the middle of Psalm 23? Why will David fear no evil even though he walks through the valley of the shadow of death? I will fear no evil, he says, for thou art with me. Emmanuel. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your abiding presence, Lord. Uh, we love you, but we know that you first loved us. And it's just a miracle that you chose us. Hallelujah. And we thank you. We don't know why. You know, we were born, and, 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 then, and then we had opportunity to hear the gospel and become born again and to be regenerated by your Holy Spirit, Lord. And we thank you so much for this pledge, this, this Holy Spirit, Lord, that you sent to be with us when you went back to be with the Father after 33 years after being born as a baby in that manger. We celebrate that this month, Lord. We celebrate your coming. And we also think of the fact that you are coming again and you're going to gather all those that are believing, all those that have been chosen, all those that chose to, to follow you, Lord, you're going to gather us all unto yourself. We look forward to that day. We live in a limited time of the fullness. We do have your presence and we thank you for it, but we do look forward to that day when we'll see you face to face and you will dwell among your people. We thank you so much for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.